We need to talk. The acclaimed Showtime original docuseries Couples Therapy returns with an addictive and revealing new season. Dr. Orna is back in session, helping four new couples grapple with real issues from religion and sex to polyamorous power dynamics. Collider says couples therapy is like nothing else on TV. It's break up or break through on the new season of Couples Therapy. Now streaming with the Paramount Plus with Showtime plan. Visit ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Don't just ride the index. Seek to outperform it with Fidelity Active ETFs. Learn more at Fidelity.com slash Active ETFs. Before investing in any exchange-traded fund, you should consider its investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses. Contact Fidelity for a prospectus, an offering circular, or if available, a summary prospectus containing this information. Read it carefully. While Active ETFs offer the potential to outperform an index, these products may more significantly trail an index as compared with passive ETFs. Fidelity Brokerage Services, LLC, member NYSE, SIPC. When she got picked and Britt didn't, and he was hugging her and like congratulations, he whispered "sweet girl" into her ear. What? what? Very, yeah. How did I miss that? Are- Hello and welcome to Here to Make Friends, a Huff Post podcast about the Bachelorette franchise, where we lovingly snark on the Bachelorette season eleven. Whether you love The Bachelorette or love to hate it, we'll decode what this reality show reveals about the world of dating. I'm Emma Gray, Senior Women's Editor. And I'm Claire Fallon, Culture Writer. Thanks for tuning in to our seventh episode recap. The one in which the S-E-X happens and, like, so much unsettling off-camera slurping. The horror. Today we'll talk about Ian's official exit, Caitlin's sexy time with Nick and the subsequent slut-shaming, the quote-unquote funny wake, and why... Beginning of episode rose ceremonies have become the new normal. We'll also hear from Unreal TV co-creator Sarah Gertrude Shapiro. And today we have freelance writer Anna Breslau, formerly the sex and relationships editor at Cosmopolitan, with us. And she has a novel coming out next year, so she's very busy. Thanks for joining us, Anna. I'm not busy at all. (laughs) Just pretend. No one knows. We still feel honored that you're here. (laughs) Uh, So I think we'll start out by talking about Ian's going down in flames exit interview, essentially. Yeah, so we should start by saying that Emma and I had a bit of a technical snafu last night because apparently ABC is the only channel that does not show up anymore on our office cable channel. So we kind of missed the first minute or so. We were dependent on a really... um, half-working stream. Yeah, get on that, ABC. That yeah, was that was not the way we like to watch. But, but we did gather that Ian has left us, uh, and, <laughs> you know, on the way out, he made sure to be as pretentious and insulting as possible. <laughs> yeah, there were a lot of things that he said that um, just... <laughs> just didn't really make a whole lot of sense. He's like, I'm really deep, so I don't like humor. And and I was like, don't you know that deep people can't be funny and can't enjoy funny people? That's how it works. I I mean, it makes. I mean, you went to Princeton, so I thought you understood this. (laughs) Yeah, I I guess that like I I was running with the wrong crowd. I was running with a really shallow crowd, surface level people, movie quote people, movie quote people. You know those movie quote people. I took an entire class on movie quotes. (laughs) I don't know what he was talking about. It was literally like memorize these quotes from. Wedding Crashers, and that was pretty much it. He also, oh, last night he also dropped the, he dropped Princeton in an earlier episode, but last night he dropped Deerfield. 
Yeah. What's Deerfield, everyone in, guys? I was watching it in a room full of people, and everyone screamed. Deerfield is like Exeter. It's like another Exeter. It's like you know, like a fancy okay. prep school. But if it's not Exeter, like I don't want to hear about it. You know, like call me when you went to Exeter, Ian. And I feel like there's a higher level than usual of of entitlement this season. Like I yeah. feel like half of them have been walk offs because they like didn't get a date card. Right, they're like, yeah. I deserve like, to I be the understand. winner of everything. I deserve all the attention. I'm like, did you forget that you went on a reality TV show where it's one woman That's dating 25 men? I like, think that part right. of the problem right. is right. that it started out with two women, and they got a taste of that sweet, sweet power. Right. Yeah, right. and they just they don't like, want to let it can't go. Let it go. You know what, though? To ABC's credit, I'm glad that it didn't linger on that for too long. Although it do, it does still try to make Brit happen. And that was her weird. mom was throwing also, Brit shade. looks like she's really having some kind of breakdown. Like she was like, "Really, mom?" And like her yeah, hands she were seemed really like, unsettled. She was picking at her nails. And <laughs> I was like, like, "She's like, I'm about to tell you that I'm pregnant with his baby, and you think yeah, that he's." Like I am still 100 percent convinced that they are bribing him to propose to her on after the final rose. <laughs> so, do we think that like, Brit's mom was implying that he's gay? He just she said friends right. so many times. Or, or gay, she's just like, don't have premarital sex. Yeah, or she's just like, this they are very sucks. It just feels like they all just talk about vibes. They just say the word vibe over and over again. <laughs> getting like a strong friend vibe from getting this like, guy. Oh, you're getting sweetie, that vibe. And then like, Brady's, like, Brady's like, we have really good vibes, you know? Yeah. Just like vibes. Uh, oh, but one thing we do have to say about Ian, he's not on Twitter. Yeah, his, the Twitter been, account that's been tweeting for him is actually fake. So, he, yeah. you know, we do want to put that out there. Yeah, he was very upset about that, understandably. Um, because I'm his, glad you guys are doing a public service. That yeah. Twitter account was saying a lot of, like, sort of douchey things. And I was like, uh... Like, this doesn't seem like the best PR move. Yeah. <laughs> Apparently, um, he's, he's not going to be on any social media, so... He's above it. We're going to have to wait until the he's men tell all. Yeah. I bet he's one of those guys who thinks like Twitter is like ruining society. Like, everybody has a voice now, and it's awful. <laughs> I mean, I, I feel like that's pretty much how most men feel, right? I mean, in my experience. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Did everyone see Just John Oliver? Just think JJ sketch? is the douchiest. It's like some, there's a, oh, there's JJ a dark JJ has horse. been overshadowed completely. Like, his douchiness yeah. has been just... Now yeah, that Clint he's is pretty gone. quiet. Yeah, he's just been around. Now that he's Clint like, is gone, I think he doesn't have, like... You know. He doesn't have yeah. his partner in crime. Yeah. Although I am his a little shocked that Bill. he's like still there. I will tell you that just right off the bat, I thought JJ was the most attractive one. I was really? I liked him the most. Like physically? I have I have <laughs> that should just show you how bad my like, <laughs> are. Like physically, yeah, like physically. But then my boyfriend later on, like I think last week my boyfriend was like, you know, it's weird that you think JJ is like the the best looking, like without like personality regardless, because like his face looks like his person. Like he has the jawline of a rapist. <laughs> That's kind of. And like, I was like, he does he have the does jawline have that, of a like, rapist. Like stereotypical like, frat you can boy see douche that face. Jawline explaining to a cop like what rape is. <laughs> <laughs> see, that's why I was always like a Nick fan. I think I was like that. That his face is is too. Oh, I can't. Gentle like and Spencer feminine. Um, so we we did have a rose ceremony. At the beginning, I hate of this the non-linear I don't, thing. Yeah, I don't like it. No structure. I like the structure. We're even I'm further like behind now. Because I basically feel like my parents are divorcing all over. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. No, but seriously, every time I turn on, it's like, oh wait, we're about we're at the cocktail party, right? Yeah, it's like this it's is like, the one, on. the one form of structure we really thought we could rely on. I know, considering like everyone's just getting wasted us. and having like strange 
conversations anyway. Yes, conversations. Like, on the show, it's like we do need some kind of like overarching. Right. I yeah, like, like, I like structure. Why we love yeah. I like structure in my life, and I like structure right. on The Bachelorette. It's very comforting. Yeah. Yeah. But instead, instead we have this weird rose ceremony beginning of episode thing, which is becoming. Yeah. So we jump in, and we're at the Alamo, which everyone is just like, "Oh my God, we're at the Alamo!" And Chris Harrison is like, "That was a really emotional conversation that you just had." By the way, this is my home state. Calm down, Chris. Like, this is not the best time to bring it up. I feel like he's in love with her. Do you guys think this, though? When she got picked and Britt didn't, and he was hugging her and, like, congratulations, he whispered, sweet girl, into her ear. What? What? Yeah. How did I miss that? I'm the only person who seemed to catch this. By the way, that is straight out of Fifty Shades of Grey. Um, So the final rose comes. Joshua and Justin, out of here. Sorry, Joshua. I, I feel bad that he had to go home with that awful haircut like please I, I hope yes. his I really first thought was at a I song. thought he meant well like he obviously wasn't that intelligent but oh I, I don't I'm like him I don't mind him yeah I don't yeah. mind him either I like that There's he so was many like worse men okay with show. like ta- like doing like they all just sat around sort of like a hen house like clucking I think and it just went, the it went actually, poorly like, yeah it went but, poorly yeah. for Here's him but I don't mind him. it went poorly because he was just being like a petty gossip like I'm sorry you can't like go to the girl that you like and be like you think that this guy is into you but he I just feel like he's not yeah and it's like all that's gonna do is make her feel shitty you're giving her nothing to go off of right how did you see that ending definitely the wrong move I think knowing his intentions were good were you know I I think his intentions actually were good he'll find a very nice girl to weld things for and to yeah yeah god it's world away like I feel like on The Bachelor it's just like Whenever women get kicked off, they're just like, I, f- I fucked up. They're like, this thing I did wrong. And the men are just like, well, that was just. And the men are like, she wasn't. She just wasn't, you know. Yeah. They're like, if she doesn't want what I have to offer, then Yeah, like, right. You know? Oh, well. Really this show bad. is like textbook why people might think The Bachelorette doesn't work, because all the guys get really, really hurt that they're not the center of attention and right. they just give up. And then lash out. I'm surprised it hasn't happened Whereas more. Whereas the, when, the women, when, when women feel like they're not getting attention, they blame themselves. Right. And when men feel like they're not getting attention, they, they blame, blame the, the woman. Right. <laughs> we the, haven't even talked about the, the wake, wake date. date yet. I could have recorded a whole podcast before the show even yeah. aired Chris, about the wake Chris date. Harrison just saying, the worst has happened. Caitlin is dead. Long, long, long uncomfortable pause. For today, just like, like the, the random what? responses, some guys are like giggling, and then like Jared, I think, just looks stricken. I was like, Jared, if she were dead, this is not how you would find out. Well, Ben Z was having like flashbacks. See, this is the thing: there is no good way to have a, a an, an outing where you pretend that you're at a funeral because either it's never happened to those people before, or it was the worst day of their right, life. Right, right, right. I was like, it there's was bound to be choice. at least one person. Especially, like, having her in a casket. Like, I like what a weird like, day also. It's like, so she fucks, she fucks Nick. Kind of a weird The next day, time we yeah. see her, she's in a casket. <laughs> like, what a weird day to have. Your, yeah. Also, just getting a genuine, like, Ben Z being like, okay, everybody please leave. Oh, and it was God. Just, also, I feel like she doesn't. I understand that, like, you know, everybody's going to have different. Like, I want what Caitlyn wants for herself. I understand that Ben Z isn't, maybe isn't, she doesn't feel whatever she's supposed to feel, but I love him. Yeah. Is, I, am I like... Ben Z? Yeah. The, I felt like really, I related so hard to him in that scene. I was just like, I, I, I would not date him, but I was just like... 
But why? Oh, I just want to. Why? He's just not. He's, but not. he's not my, my type. type. I felt bad that they put him on that date. That was like, awful. That was just mean. I would like actually if I were hit. Like he t- pulled her side afterwards and he was like, that was really hard for me. Um, I know. And I'm opening up. And I was like. Rose, I feel like I weird about I was like, I would just like yell at her. I would be like, that was fucked. Yeah. Like you made me relive the worst moment of my life and you treat it like a joke. Yeah. And I, I like Caitlin, but that was messed up. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. This year has gone by so quickly. I can't believe it's already almost summer. And I actually have kind of accomplished a lot of my goals for this year so far. We now have like a pretty good routine for our family, which was like kind of ruining our life at the beginning of the year, having an extra kid in the mix, an extra school run. And I look back and I'm like, wow, we really like pulled together, figured out a way to make our household work as a team. And I just want to keep that energy going through the year, just like functioning at top capacity. When life goes so fast, it's important to take a moment and really celebrate your wins. And make adjustments for the rest of the year. Therapy can really help you take stock of your progress and set achievable goals for the next six months. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Take a moment. Visit BetterHelp.com slash love to see it today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash love to see it. Okay, so you got engaged. Congrats. Now you may be wondering what comes next. If you're planning a wedding, the first thing you need to know about is Zola. With Zola, you can plan your entire wedding in one convenient place. From the day you get engaged and search for the venue to the day you send out your save the dates, make your registry, and even taste your cake. Zola has literally everything you need to make the whole process super easy and actually even enjoyable. There's even a five-star app that helps you plan on the go or, you know, from your couch, which is certainly how, uh, if I was planning a wedding, I would definitely want to do it as loungily as possible. <laughs> so important. I also just know myself. I I know that planning any kind of event, like even a birthday party, can get very stressful. And so it's been really cool to see friends use Zola. It really seems to make everything a lot less stressful. And as a frequent wedding attender. I love to be able to hop on that Zola registry and just purchase a gift. Easy peasy. I know I've done it. I won't forget. Thank you, Zola. Yeah, everything's all in the same place. It's perfect. Start planning at Zola.com. That's Z-O-L-A.com. Warmer, sunnier days are calling. Fuel up for them with factors no prep, no mess meals. Meet your wellness goals in time for summer thanks to the menu of chef-crafted meals with options like Protein Plus, and keto. Factors fresh, never frozen meals are dietitian approved and ready to eat in just two minutes. So no matter how busy you are, you'll always have time to enjoy nutritious, great tasting meals. I love that. With 35 different meals and more than 60 add-ons to choose from every week, you'll always have new flavors to explore. Make your day delicious. From breakfast to dessert, stay fueled with easy, nutritious options. And treat yourself to restaurant-quality meals that feature premium ingredients like filet mignon, shrimp, and blackened salmon. I don't know about the rest of you, but sometimes when I'm having a busy day, like, I don't know, every day, and I'm just (laughs) running around trying to finish work, trying to deal with daycare pickup, 
I actually can forget to make time to feed myself something that is actually good for my body, something that isn't just my fifth granola bar of the day. And that's where Factor really comes in and offers me a nice balanced meal that tastes great, that has vegetables, that has protein, that has all those things that I can't find just by grabbing a snack out of my cupboard. And it's really such a game changer. Head to factormeals.com slash LTSI50 and use code LTSI50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month. That's code LTSI50 at factormeals.com slash LTSI50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. I am someone who has reached the ripe age of 36 and still has no idea how to pack effectively. I am always a stress case, just standing (laughs) over my suitcase, trying to pack for my next trip. And, you know, sometimes I need help. That's when we realize we need to say hello to Quince. It's your new go-to for high-quality vacation essentials you'll be packing for years to come. Oh, they have such good stuff, like premium European linen dresses. Just think about walking along the water in a linen dress or a blouse or shorts from $30. Linen, did I mention Mm, linen? Yeah. Also washable silk tops, premium luggage options at incredible prices, and so much more. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes. I personally have been absolutely obsessed with the Quince all-day neoprene duffel bag that I got. I have been using it constantly. It's perfect. It's so cute. It fits so much. It even has like an extra place for your keys and wallet. It just makes everything easy. Cannot recommend enough. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials with Quince. Go to quince.com slash LTSI for free shipping on your order and 365-day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash LTSI to get free shipping and 365-day returns. Quince.com slash LTSI. One in five Americans have learned a new language on their bucket list. If that's you, make 2024 the year you finally check it off your list with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. You don't have to pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that just don't really help you speak a new language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts to help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's tips and tools are approachable, accessible, and rooted in real-life situations. Plus, Babbel's speech recognition technology helps you improve your pronunciation and accent, which personally I think is actually one of the sneaky, hardest parts of learning a new language. I used Babbel to brush up on some basic French before I went to Paris for three weeks, and it was so helpful to help me just get around the city and order food and purchase things without looking totally ignorant. Here's a special limited time deal for our listeners. Right now, get 60% off your Babbel subscription, but only for our listeners at babbel.com slash LTSI. Get up to 60% off at babbel.com slash LTSI. Spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash LTSI. Rules and restrictions may apply. Um, yeah, so... <laughs> 
Sean is not handling it very well. I don't understand why there isn't more Sean backlash because I think he's acting everyone like a real loves douche right Sean. now. Do you like, that is the vibe I'm from Twitter. I was like, wow, everyone is obsessed with Sean. What? I don't feel that I way. I think it's his voice. You think so? It's the poor man's Ryan Gosling thing, maybe? And the Matthew McConaughey. Yeah, yeah. we call him horseface Ryan Gosling. <laughs> I mean, it's kind of mean, but... I don't know. To me, it looks like a Ryan Gosling who's been in, like, a boxing match and everything's just, like, a oh, little bit, like, yeah. swollen. But yeah. the bone structure is sort of but there. But he's another example of, like, I don't understand this, this show where I'm competing for this woman. I have to compete for her. It doesn't yeah. make any sense. And it's like, yeah. well, that's... I just it's think like he needs once, to, like, once take I've... a few deep breaths. Yeah. Go, like, take a run or something. Right, right, right. And just, like... Just calm down. It was, but it's like as the Bachelorette, probably on the one hand, you do want men to feel a little bit like that. Where like if they don't feel like that, then it's that's a like well, what she said about Nick. She was like, he makes me feel like just tipsy. <laughs> <laughs> he makes me feel like a woman, a desired woman. And it's like you know, if none of them are making you feel like a desired yeah. woman, and, and that's this is like problem. an exception to a rule. Well, see, I think that this is what issue. Nick did on. Andy's season really well is he won her over from the beginning and then he was pretty cool about it the rest of the way he was like this is the process I want to make time with her I want to like do what I can to push it forward but you're in love with Nick he didn't freak out here's my thing everyone hates Nick and I don't get it I don't hate Nick okay well she doesn't Emma doesn't strong word I don't get the I don't get the hate I well you know who I think is actually doing a really good job Jared Quietly. Me too. Jared is great. Too. I keep saying, I'm like, Jared is the only one, I feel like pretty much, a, who hasn't done yeah. anything D baggy the entire I feel like he's season. Like the dark and he horse. got the group like, date. Gonna, he could make it to the final three, and we just like don't notice him. I, I don't know. Like, I don't think. He, I'm not sure he'll make it that far because I just I think she likes him, but I don't think she's like. See, I feel like he keeps in, staying because he's so like nice. In, who do you think she's into besides Nick and Sean? Nick Sean. and Sean. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I think Sean. She she's been yeah. I think Sean is the one where she actually, like, if he walks off at this she'll point, she'll be upset. She'll be like, she really upset. likes him. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah in a way right. that you don't see her. But she, I think she likes Jared, but she's not, she doesn't have that thing. Ben with him. B. God, it's like, come to me. <laughs> um, oh, yeah. And Jared gets a private concert with the Cranberries. Yeah, the Cranberries. Oh, like, that God. was like the best band they've ever I know. gotten. On. There was an there, amazing yeah. shot of her standing. I, I keep forgetting that we're like on the radio. <laughs> so it's like, I can't even do the thing she was doing, but it's like they're dancing and then she's like standing slightly angled off singing to no one. And it was like, what is going through your head right now? That's always the thing about those concert dates is I was like, I I would just be standing there watching, being like, how weird is this for the singer right now? Been dancing around this, but we need to get... Just like The Bachelorette itself. Yes. This has been a lot of buildup, but we need to talk about the sex. (laughs) Like the whole franchise is just like very puritanical, very like obsessed with sex, but like terrified of it at the same time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like the high school freshman of shows. Yeah. There's just like the, something the especially religious. creepy yeah, about like right. when they, they, they like film her door and they have like the mics on and felt it felt like they thought watch. they were like in private and then they right. they watch well, they it back also... and there are subtitles for their little like pillow talk that I would, right. I would like I would die. We were wondering yeah. like. Do you think they left their mics on, or do they have but mics also, outside? But also, mics the room? on or off, though. Would you really be into it if a dude was like, "I want to know all of you"? They've gotten a little looser over the years with actually showing that sex can occur outside right, of the fantasy right, suite. Right, right, right. But they always frame it as something that's that then has regret. I think I, you know what? I'm sort of torn about this because on the one hand, 
obviously, if people end up, if if the men end up like finding out like for sure and then like making her feel like shit about it, that's horrible. But on the other hand, she's allowed to feel like she made a mistake. Like if I got right. hammered and then had sex with a dude, yeah, and it, I and like, I like later on be based on the dude and the situation, like regretted it. Well, that I, wouldn't I, mean I, I was being was, like sex negative. It I, just I, 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 like, but sure. I don't think that she regretted having sex with Nick. I think that what happened is she was like out on the balcony and she was like, if if Chris had had sex with Brit. How would I have felt? Yeah. And I think that what she's really regretting is that she's, like, an empathetic person. And I think that there's, like, a difference between them showing how she feels and, like, the show framing it in a shameful way. Yeah, You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, like, that's, yeah. that's sort of what bothers me. I think people are allowed but to feel Nick, however they want Nick about But Nick should that. not have... Like, he didn't say anything over no way that the producer There's no way that the producers didn't say, like, hey, Nick, well, tell, tell the guys about your date now. Yeah, that's true. They always Like, that they, was so, it felt so forth. Like, they're all sitting around, and he's like, and it was story time. We had but this some is whiskey. what I mean about the, the Nick thing is that everyone on Twitter is like, I can't believe he told them they had sex. And I was like, wait, what? He didn't say he that. He didn't, but he said everything but. But, like, that's what all the guys did. Like, Sean would come out and be like, we talked in bed for hours. And it's like, that's kind of, if they had had sex, to me, that would sound right. like. And Joe, and Joe even know? brought right. that up. He was like, oh, yeah, Sean also had some time with her. Like, Joe said that. That's true. Yeah. Also, you know, that was that weird was because it was, really like, peacocking on behalf of another dude. <laughs> I know. Yeah, he just wanted to cut Nick down. He was right. like, oh, that's really great for you, man. Well, you know what? You're not and the also, only one. also, it's such a bad strategy to hate on Nick if you're one of the guys in the house because that just drives them closer together. Jared was the maybe the only one handling it in a rational way because the rest of the guys I'm like she even said to Nick on their date um, the other guys aren't fair to you and it bothers me yeah well that's the problem that's that's what I'm saying it's not smart of them to yeah, like, gang like up they, on him because then she just feels bad for especially, him cause, especially if they're not going to bring anything to her that would actually make her take them seriously like if they right. were like Nick says shit about you when you're not here right. then she probably wouldn't be like I feel bad how unfair the guys are to right, you right 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 it would give them less to talk about and yeah. bond over. That's also, anymore, it seems but... that next episode we're going to get her tearful confession about the sex. Because Sean yeah. is upset about other things. He's just freaking out. <laughs> Sean is just and upset she's that, gonna read this that as, she gave oh, no, the, the now I need to tell you to... about sex. Like, you would like Jared over me? Like, no, but whoa, also the way he thought he d- earned it was by showing her pictures of his family. <laughs> like, he doesn't show those to Look at my anyone. cousins. Look at my sisters. <laughs> like... Why is that like earn you? Can you imagine? Also, they've had like what three dates? Like what? How many actual dates have they had? Can you imagine yeah. a woman showing up after three dates and being like, "Here's my sister. Here's my cousin." <laughs> like with like that. Well, look men can't eye? be crazy. Women right. are the crazy. Only women ones. are crazy. Yeah. I think that he more is feeling like he deserves he some affirmation. Yeah. He was like, you know, I told her that I was falling in love with her. What is she going to do for me? Like, I feel like it's a good time Jesus. for her to give me a group date, Rose. I do like that she's standing her ground with most of her decisions. Yeah. I really she appreciate is. that. And I guess we're going to have to wait until next week to see how it all wraps up. I'm really but... excited to see Sean, like, aggressively confront her about how she gave the date, Rose, to another guy. I know, and that's what he's really mad about. I know. Wait until he finds out about the sex. It's going to be crazy. I'm so excited. <laughs> Thanks so much for joining us, Anna. Yeah, no, anytime. Please have me back. And now we're going to talk with Sarah Shapiro, the co-creator of Lifetime's Unreal, which is a fictional show about a reality show much like The Bachelor. And surprise, surprise, she actually used to work as a producer on The Bachelor. And so she's going to talk to us about both her experience on that show and about her new show. How, I've read about you a little bit, but how, how did you become a producer on The Bachelor originally? Um, I 
moved to LA. Like I went to school in New York at Sarah Lawrence and I worked for a photographer named David LaSapelle after, after school. Um, and then I moved out to LA to like be a filmmaker and make important feminist films. And, um, I got a day job on a different reality show and just like filled out my paperwork, like all dumb kids do, like you're working in a coffee shop and they hand you an envelope and you find everything. And um, hadn't realized that I had actually signed uh, an in-perpetuity contract with the production company and that they could roll me on any show they wanted that was under their umbrella. Um, and so after, like, working on this very innocuous, you know, harmless reality show, I uh, got approached to work on The Bachelor and without skipping a beat sort of said, oh, my God, no, I'm a feminist. I can't, like... You, it, it would be awful. This is going to be a nightmare. So, it's, but thank you so much. And, you know, but no thanks. And they're kind of like, check your contract. And um, that is how that began. Wow. That's, that's nuts. Um, and how long did you end up working on the show? Um, I think I was there for about three years, but I think we did like nine seasons because they do many seasons in a year. Was that just The Bachelor or The Bachelorette as well? I did both. That's so interesting. Did Was there any difference between the two, or was it kind of the same experience? Well, I mean, it was a lot of the same crew, so it was, we were kind of just, like, rolling over back and forth. But um, I think that the main difference is just that, like, guys tend to not really talk shit about each other, so it's really hard to make a show. <laughs> because, because, you know, um, it would sort of be like, yeah, Andy, like, don't you think, like, Ben was, you know, throwing you shade? And he'd be like, nah, he's cool. You know? And you're like, that's not a soundbite. Um <laughs> So I think that was, that was like an interesting part of it. And also navigating the double standard too, sort of like it's, you know, like we were so proud and excited to be doing a show with like, you know, a woman being able to choose, but there's just that awkward thing of like, you know, people still can't deal with her sleeping with multiple guys. So how do you, how do you work within the format of the show and with a double, double standard still totally intact, you know? Yeah. I was going to ask about that a little bit. Um, do you think like in general that women are kind of just, portrayed more poorly on these kind of shows than, than men are? Yeah, 100%. Why do you think that is? I, I don't know. I think there's there's a lot to that question because I feel like, you know, one thing that we explore and definitely definitely feel on Unreal is that um, so many women respond to these kind of shows, like really, really smart women, super successful women, all kinds of women respond to the themes in these shows. And one of the things that we kind of feel is that the clarity and the gender roles is actually weirdly appealing and kind of sentimental. Like in our actual world, like IRL that we live in, um, things are really complex and nuanced and women have huge careers and are trying to like be really successful and ambitious and attractive and do all these other things. And it's very hard to be good at all of them. And so looking at a world where things are simplified and they're boiled down to just like boy, girl, princess fantasy, Cinderella, Prince Charming, is like crazy appealing because it puts structure on something that's so enormous and impossible. And it just makes it seem simple. Like if you're pretty enough and skinny enough, things will be okay, which is just not actually true, like in real life. Um, but I think that the byproduct of that simplicity is, is turning women into paper dolls and like one line stereotypes of necessity. And I, and I think that one thing in unreal really like really, focuses on doing is turning those paper dolls into 3D humans. Yeah, the characters are all really, really fascinating. Um, and, you know, obviously, I'm wondering kind of how much of your real life experience you brought to creating Unreal. 
Um, you know, I would say that, like, actually zero in terms of stories. Like, it's 100% fiction, but a lot in terms of thematic things that I've struggled with, like, in all of my day jobs, like fashion, advertising, and reality. And I think that Marty, too, you know, brings a lot. And actually all the writers in the writer's room who, like, lived through working in Hollywood for years, I think we all brought a lot to the table. Um, but we went about writing the show like you would any, like, fictional drama. You know, it was, like, a writer's room with five huge blank whiteboards and a lot of dry erase pens and tons of coffee and lots of Trader Joe cookies. And, you know, we just went at it, um, like how you would invent any drama. So, well, I feel like thematically all of it feels really resonant and real. It's just fiction in terms of what actually the stories that happened. That makes sense. Um, and, you know, I've read that, that you left your job at The Bachelor in 2005 after telling your boss that you'd kill yourself if you didn't leave, which seems just terrible. I like, I'm wondering like what made the job so unbearable that you would kind of reach that, that sort of breaking point. Yeah. That might've been a little hyperbole. Um, (laughs) I'm like, I I think that's sort of how the conversation went, but really for me, it was that like, you know, just specifically for me as a person, it was like as horrible as it was as horrible of a fit as anything could be because it was like a vegan working in a slaughterhouse. Like I was, and like died in the wool feminist. Like I like founded the Santa Barbara High School Feminist Club. I am, you know what I mean? Since I was five, I was like women's rights. Um, and so it was just kind of a crazy juxtaposition. And I think also, you know, it's a really really intense job. I have a ton of respect for the people who do it. We are working. I mean, like all the time, sleeping at work, not going home, just not having lives. And so that physiological stress, and then the combination of just doing something that felt so crazy opposite of like everything I believed in for that long, I think just drove me to a point where like I couldn't take it anymore. Yeah, it sounds insane. What is the the relationship like between producers and contestants in that kind of environment? I mean, it seems so, so intense. And and like, through social media, it always kind of seems like a lot of these contestants become really close friends with the crew. Like what, what is that dynamic like when you're essentially kind of trying to manipulate a soundbite out of someone all of the time? That's a great question. You know, like since I haven't worked in it in 10 years, I think it's probably changed a lot. Cause I feel like the, I feel like the genre has morphed like a ton. Um, and I also think like, you know, for me, my experience in it was pretty particular because I was really unhappy. And I think that some producers on those shows like really enjoy their jobs and are, are good at them, but also like, see the good in it like they get to travel and they love their workmates and like I enjoyed some of that stuff like I loved working with my crew and I loved my friends on the show but I think that um I think it's definitely some people end up being friends with contestants for sure um and I also think that as the genre has morphed I can only guess that if the contestants are a little bit more willing participants it would be easier to be friends with them you know what I mean yeah absolutely that makes sense there seems to be kind of you know a theme of women destroying other women on Unreal. Like, was was that an intentional thing that you wanted to explore? Yeah, like, hyper-intentional, like an obsession. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I think it's just, I mean, it's, again, it's just asking that question of, like, what does it do to you when you destroy each other, you know? Like, what's the, what's the end result of all that? How does everyone feel at the end of the day? And also, like, why does it feel good? I mean, we talked about the Revenge of the Nerd thing a couple times. You know, the idea that, like, you know being like whatever whatever you were in high school um suddenly having like huge amount of power over the most popular hot girl from every high school in america you know what i mean like 
Yeah, I mean, it's like I'm tapping pretty, into the worst yeah. parts of ourselves a little. Yeah, and like sometimes it feels awesome to fucking bring them down. And like also to watch them fall apart as an audience member, I think can be like incredibly satisfying. But again, that's all the cynical stuff. And like, I'm also really interested in the part of like, I would love to ask you the question, like, what do you love about these shows? Because I, I really think there's like a huge appeal to like the idea that people can find love and that there's like logic in it and that there's hope and I don't know, like, I, I am really also fascinated in that other part of it because it's pretty easy to take it apart, you know? And now, welcome to Feminism Fails, where we rate the most cringeworthy anti-lady moments of the week on our patented Feminism Fail Scale. One, choose your choice. Two, meh, you get a pass. Three, not cool people. Four, the 1950s are definitely back. Five, gender equality is straight up dead. So this week wasn't quite as full of anti-feminist crap as most weeks, but there are still some really outstanding moments for misogyny. (laughs) As always. First, Ian's whole shtick about how he's tired of talking about sex and then immediately says, I need to have sex. Uh, That gets a three just for cognitive dissonance. Yeah, what is his deal? And then, of course, Ian shames Caitlin for wanting a husband with a sense of humor and who she has chemistry with. Um, We're going to call this a four because a husband is no longer just a reliable source of income for a woman to marry. We have Caitlin's obvious guilt the morning after her sex and the juxtaposition of those shots with Nick talking to the guys about his quote-unquote intimate and personal night. That gets a four because women just shouldn't have to be ashamed of having sex. Yeah, we all knew what you were trying to do, ABC. Sean feels really entitled to all of Caitlin's time and attention now that he's gone out of his way to tell her that he is falling in love with her. Giving that a three because, like, I guess he probably just feels insecure, but it's coming across as really entitled. And then Sean actually confronts Caitlin after she gives Jared the date rose because he's very, very angry that she might ever pick Jared over him. That gets a four because it also comes off as pretty damn entitled. I mean, I'd love to give Sean the benefit of the doubt and say he's just really, really into her, but like, come on, dude, handle yourself a little better. And now it's time for the tweet of the week. We love live tweeting The Bachelor and The Bachelorette. We're at, at Emma Lady Rose and at Claire E. Fallon, by the way. And we'll be highlighting our favorite tweets from Bachelor Nation every episode. And there were a lot of good ones this week. But we're going to have to go with at Jennifer Weiner. Caitlin is, quote, dead, laid out in a coffin with heavy mask-like makeup. You see, ladies, here's what happens when you have sex. And we'll just leave you with our quote of the night, which comes from JJ. I hope Sean has a screaming pillow in the room because he's going to need to scream and cry. I bet JJ has a whole room of them at home. Absolutely. And that's it for Here to Make Friends. Our producer is Caitlin Boguki and our editor is Jorge Corona. Thanks to our guests, Anna Breslau and Sarah Shapiro. 
And please let us know what you think of the show. You'll find us on Twitter at Emma Lady Rose and at Claire E. Fallon and on email at here to make friends at HuffingtonPost.com. And if you like the show, please be sure to tell a friend and subscribe to us on iTunes, Stitcher, or your favorite podcast app. And don't forget to leave us a rating or comment wherever you subscribe. It helps other people discover our show. This is Emma Gray and Claire Fallon. We'll talk to you next time. Thanks for listening. Whether you're making the same breakfast that you have every day or baking a cake for an extra special day, eggs are a staple in our diets. Eggland's best eggs are nutritionally superior to ordinary eggs, containing more vitamins and 25% less saturated fat. Not only are they better for you, but Eggland's best eggs taste better too. There's a reason that they're America's number one eggs. Visit egglandsbest.com for additional information and delicious recipes. Look around. You can find cars like these on AutoTrader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on AutoTrader. Just you wait. AutoTrader.